Amen. Please remain standing. Take your Bible together with me and turn to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. I'm going to read beginning from verse 1 to 11. Our focus tonight will be verses 10 and 11, but just to give us the the full picture of what we are going to consider tonight. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 11. Also, we have been asked to pray for uh, Elise, uh, Rich's uh, granddaughter, so I'm going to include prayer uh, for her also as we pray for the for God's blessing on the preaching of the Word of God. Isaiah 55, 1-11 Come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? and your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant to my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the righteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, to the eater so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which is I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, you are our protector and our provider. When we are sick, we run to you for help because we know that you are the great physician. So tonight we bring a list Rich a granddaughter to you in our prayers at the time that she is not feeling well. We pray, O Lord, your fatherly and healing hand 
would be upon her, that she would be healed and she would feel well and even go to work tomorrow with a complete house. Lord, tonight, once again, we come to you, our God, and we ask you, Lord, to send your word upon us like rain, that your word, this powerful and unfailing word of God, would water our hearts, would nourish our souls. O Lord, help us to find our complete satisfaction in you and in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Why do we trust God? Why do we take God at his word? Isaiah 55 gives us the answer. The reason why we trust God, the reason we rely on God, the reason we take our God at his word is because his word never fails. The power of God, the effectiveness of the word of God in the hearts, in the minds of hearers. The power of God in the life and the work of the church of Jesus Christ, in the work of our work of evangelism, never fails. In our previous section, in verses 8 and 9, you remember we saw the great difference between us and God, that God is above us, that His thoughts and our thoughts His ways and our ways are not the same. You and I sometimes, remember I I told you the last time we considered verses 8 and 9, even after the fall, we do have our own thoughts. We do have our own ways. And there are times that we limit the power of God, we limit the effectiveness of the Word of God, the promises of God, according to our own thoughts and according to our ways. And God told His people, no, no, we are different. I don't think like you. I don't act like you. You are not infallible. You are limited. You are my creatures. I am God. I created you. And so God told them, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, context is always helpful. The reason why God told The people in Judah was, they saw their circumstances. They saw themselves being in captivity. They saw their sin. They saw what Isaiah told them that will happen to the nation Israel. They saw the temple gone. They they saw themselves without priests and without spiritual care. And they came, they came to a conclusion saying, God will never forgive us. 
God has forsaken us. God has changed his plan, his decree upon his people. And God told them, no. My thoughts are not like your thoughts. My ways are not like your thoughts. The difference is the difference between heaven and earth. I don't change. I'm faithful to my promises. The only thing that you need to do is to forsake your wicked ways. Repent. And then I will forgive. Not only I will forgive, I will forgive abundantly. I will keep my promises. Listen to what he told them in verse 3. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. So you see, beloved, sometimes God wants us to remember who he is. To remember that he's Thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. And tonight we come to another aspect of his faithfulness and his surety to his people in verse 10 and 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Now we need to ask, why is God telling them this? First, the illustration was heaven and earth. Now it is rain and snow. In relation to what? In relation to the unfailing nature of God's word. The effectiveness of God's word. But why? The reason is this. They kept asking themselves, how can we trust God? Where is the assurance? Where do we find that? And God told them, remember, my word never fails. It is powerful And it is unfailing. It is like rain and snow. Now, I want us to consider three things tonight. The origin of God's Word, the purpose of God's Word, and the effectiveness of God's Word. You see, that's the similarity between rain and snow. And think about the origin of rain and snow. Think about the purpose of rain and snow. And think about the effectiveness of rain. So first we, can, we consider the origin of rain and snow. This time you see the illustration, the analogy is rain and snow. And now the 
the word of God is contrasted with rain and snow. Rain and snow, you know, both of them, they come from above. They come down from heaven. You, you and I cannot uh, create the rain and snow. We just look at them and receive them as they come down from above. You remember in James chapter 5, verse 7, James says, Be patient as the farmer who waits for the rain. The farmer doesn't create rain. The farmer doesn't create snow. The farmer awaits for rain and snow. And the word of God is like that. You see, Isaiah here said, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, like, like the rain and the snow, the word of God, Isaiah is saying, comes down from above. Comes down from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So you see, the origin of God's word, it is not from us. It's not from the, it's not from the church. You see, sometimes, like what God told uh, the people in Judah, your mind, my mind, your thoughts, my thoughts. Because we fail to understand the power and the effectiveness of God's word in the work of God's kingdom. As, as the word that is proclaimed, as the word that is preached. We say to ourselves, well, this is where we are. I don't think any positive thing will happen among us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, remember the nature of the Word of God. It doesn't come from us. We don't make it effective. The Word of God by its own nature is effective. By its own nature is powerful. We are just the instruments. We don't make it effective. God makes it effective. Who makes rain effective? Who makes snow effective? God. So the origin of God's word is from God himself. John 1.1 1, 1, In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. We cannot separate uh, the Word of God from, from God. God owns His Word. And God sends His Word among us and upon us and in the hearts of those to whom we proclaim the Word of God. And He sends it as rain and snow. We can't manufacture the Word of God. We can't produce the Word of God. Beloved, the Word of God comes from above like rain and snow. And the people of Israel had to remember this. God had to tell them to remember this. 
Because they, they were saying, no, no, there is no hope for us. God is not going to forgive us. We don't see anything positive happening among us as God's people, except captivity. We're losing. We're not gaining. And God told them, would you trust my word? It comes from me. It comes from me. And then notice the purpose. In verse 10, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. That we all know, rain comes down from heaven and waters the earth. What is the purpose? Gives life. It waters on, on the ground and gives the ground uh, 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 moisture and gives the plant and, and the seed life. The Word of God produces life. The Word of God creates life. Now God, through Isaiah, is saying... My word will come down from me and give you life, produce life. How many of you pray? You see, visitors have been coming to our church. Some of them are new. Some of them, they come from religions that uh, told them that you are actually saved by your good works. They don't understand the gospel. They haven't embraced the gospel yet. But God has brought them here. And they are hearing the preaching of the word of God. Now you and I should pray. God is doing something among us. He's bringing to us people who have never heard the presentation of the gospel the way we present it from this pulpit. And other Bible-believing churches. So instead we just put ourselves in despair, you and I should pray that God would make his word effective in the life of these visitors and transform them, change them. You see, God was telling the people of Israel, why are you trying to Explain me based on your own thoughts and ways. That's not how I work. I'm God. I'm God. My ways and your ways are not the same. So you see, the word of God comes to give life, to nourish, to sustain, to feed. That's why you see Isaiah said, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk. Maybe for you and I, this doesn't give any weight. For the Israelites, 
You know, in their time, wine and milk, two expensive things. They can just go and buy them easily. And then think about this. They can't go out and buy them without money. Now you see, the, the picture here is, my word will give new life without you, without other, others paying to God anything. It's like rain. It will give life. It gives life. People hear it and they live. People hear it and they receive new life. Proverbs 35. Every word of God proves true. Every word that is sown, that is proclaimed, proves true. Rain come down and Produce fruit the same with God's word. It shall not return to God void. Now the physical rain, when it rains down to the earth, it doesn't return to, to up, up to the sky or, or to God, to the giver of rain. But his word, you see God is saying, it returns to me, but it doesn't return to me void. Without accomplishing the purpose for which I sent it. So you see, God's, uh, the, the purpose of God's word is to uh, produce life. Paul, in uh, Ephesians 1.13, told the people who heard the word of God and Received new life. He told them in him. You also when you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. And believed in him. Were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When? When you heard the word of God. Then you became new creatures. Your eyes were opened. You understood the gospel and the promises of God. Without God's word, brothers and sisters in Christ, we die. Like the ground, like the field without rain. In uh, verse 3, Isaiah told the people of Israel, Incline your ear and come to me. Hear the word of God. That's the way, that's the means by which and through which God produces life. Incline your ear to the preaching of the Word of God. To the preaching of the Word of God. Where do you get your spiritual wine, which is joy? You know, true Christian joy, like, you know, what wine gives to people, where do you get that joy in the Word of God? Where do you find your strength as a Christian? In the milk of God's Word. Wine and milk. One represents joy. The other one represents strength. Where do you get them from? 
from the Word of God. Incline your ears. It will give you life that is eternal. It, is, it, it will give you life that endures forever. In Psalm 119.50, the psalmist says, This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise, which is the word of God, gives me life. That's my only comfort. In times of affliction, in times of uncertainty, at the time that I lose hope, my only comfort in times like that is your promise. Because the promise of your word gives me life. But you see, beloved, for us to enjoy the, the nourishment of God's word, the, 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 the joy that the word of God gives, the strength that the word of God gives, the growth that the word of God gives, if we really want to enjoy all these things, we must make the Word of God, the center of our life. The Word should become central to our life. How we worship, how we treat one another, how, how we raise our children, how we uh, perceive and understand the expansion of God's kingdom, All those things should revolve around the Word of God. Because that's the means. That's the means for sanctification. That's the means for unity. And that's the means for growth. And conversion. The means is the Word of God. You see, the, the purpose of God's Word is to produce life. And if you and I want to see the Word of God producing life among us, in the life of the visitors that God is bringing to us, in the life of those among us who doesn't yet understand the gospel, if we want to see all these things, you see the Word must be Central to our Christian life. And lastly, the effectiveness of God's word. Listen to the prophet. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. Now that's the first thing that I want, I want us to understand and notice. The word goes out from God's mouth. Whom do you see in the pulpit tonight? You see the pastor preaching. But you need to go beyond that. I'm the mouthpiece of God. God is speaking to you. And God is speaking to you through his word. I have been privileged to stand in this pulpit... And become God's mouth to you. But the voice 
of God's word that you hear tonight comes to you from God. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. Which means it would be effective and it would be effective 100%. And notice what he says next. Given seed to the sower. You know, as, as preachers, we, we sow the word of God. Wherever we go, we sow the word of God. Now, the prophet is saying, God will give you seed to sow. And then bread to the eater. Which means, you see, we, we are not only sowing the seed, but we are also eating the seed. The seed. We don't be- become foolish by becoming only those who sow the word of God and neglect our own soul. We have the word of God to, to, to sow it, and we have the word of God to eat it. That's what Isaiah is saying here. So don't come to the point in your Christian life where you say, oh, I have eaten enough, you know, seed of God's word. I just want to tell others now. No, you need to eat the word of God. You need to be nourished by the word of God. You are the eater. Yes, we sow the word of God, but we must eat the word of God. Because listen to the prophet, incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. He's not talking about someone else's soul, but your soul. You, you. It's very direct. Yes, sow the word. You know, let's sow the word of God. Let's plow the field and sow the seed. That's part of our call as preachers and as the church of Jesus Christ. But we also need to eat the word of God. In Psalm 1, those of you who come to Wednesday prayer meeting, you would remember this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Counsel here is instruction. Nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But, not their delight, but his delight. Very personal. Sowing, yes, it has its own place, it has its, its, its own time, but now it's about you, it's about me. His delight, this blessed man, is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, memorizes the word of God day and night. And then notice the description, he is like a tree. Planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. What does this mean? There is growth in the life of the believer who eats the word of God. In the life of the, the believer whose delight is in God's law. 
in the life of the believer who meditates uh, on the Word of God day and night, there is prosperity. That person prospers. How? You see, the Word of God gives life, but what do we mean by that? It is the Word of God that produces repentance in the life of sinners. It is the Word of God that produces faith in the life of repentant sinners. It is the Word of God that sanctifies the people of God. Jesus said, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. You see, everything revolves around the word of God. This word that comes out from the mouth of God, this word that comes down upon us like rain. I was thinking about this the other day as I was meditating on uh, Isaiah 55, especially 10 and 11. You know, we eat bread, we enjoy um, crops from the ground. Sometimes in a form of bread, sometimes in the form of, you know, flat bread like injera. But uh, think about that, you know, for you to enjoy the bread, to enjoy the flat bread, someone had to sow the seed. Yes? And that person who sowed the seed had to wait for the rain for you to enjoy the bread and the flat bread. You see, at the end, you come back to rain. At the end, you come back to God. It's the same with the Word of God. It comes down to us as rain from God. Paul said faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from the Word of Christ. Our brother Ben read a portion of Romans chapter 10 for us. Where Paul said, how can they hear unless someone preaches to them? There must be hearing. There must be preaching. Beloved, we need to be the people of the book. We need to be the people of God's word. One time, Jesus was speaking to his disciples in John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, the crisis was the disciples saw people living Christ. After them hearing the preaching of the kingdom of God and the fact that they need to deny themselves and follow Jesus, take up their cross and follow Jesus, that they need to eat his body and drink his blood, when they heard those words, they were what? Troubled. 
being stumbled by the words that they heard from Jesus, they left. And Jesus said to his disciples, these words in John 6, 6, 6. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where should we go, Lord? To whom should we go? In you. There is word, the word of God, the eternal word of God. We're not going anywhere because we need you. We need you. You are the eternal word of life. So you see, beloved, you and I need this word. We need the word of God for our comfort. We need the word of God for our encouragement. We need the word of God for our ministry as the church of Jesus Christ. Because listen, the word of God is like rain. It's like rain. Its origin is God. Its purpose is to give life, to produce growth. So for growth, don't look into yourself, please. No. We don't make grow anything. God makes it grow. When we eat the word of God, we prosper. When we proclaim the word of God faithfully, without losing hope, then we'll see the Word of God coming down upon us individually and at the church and producing life. Not man's method, but the Word of God. The Word of God will make all the difference that we want to see. So don't lose hope on the Word of God. Because his word never fails. Never fails. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, O Lord, would you lift up our hearts tonight? Lift up our hope and expectations by the power of your word, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that under any circumstance, we would never lose hope and be in despair. And interpret our circumstances according to our own thoughts 
and our own ways. O oh Lord, help us to remember that your word is so powerful. And your word never fails. And you are God. Your ways and your thoughts are not like our ways and our thoughts. So help us to humble ourselves before your mighty hand, mighty power of your word. And trust in you. And in what you are able to do among us. Even as your little flock. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.